Tonight. I'm gonna make you a star now. Come on, let's go. How do you keep your big sister from meddling in your career? You are gonna get me fired. If she's Charlene Gilbert, <laughs> you don't. Hi. Babes, coming up next. But no, uh, David Schwimmer was in this movie called Breastman on HBO. I believe it was HBO, and it was about the guys who initially started doing breast implants. And it's mm. it's historically accurate, I think. And you know, for me, a young me um, got to see a lot of tits. It's tit heavy, obviously. It's about breast implants, so you get a lot of just you know that. But then at the end, it gets really weird because I remember at the end, I was like all into it. Like, man, all these boobies, this is great. And then at the end, it's like, you know, when they were putting breast implants in chicks in like the seventies, I don't think they really had a good grasp on exactly what was going on or like maybe what if these things break or this or that. So like at the end, well, yeah. And like a chick walks up to the guy, David Schwimmer's playing. He's in like an airport. She's like, you fucked my fucking body up and shows like, that and it's not great that so i remember that too but is this a good ad for breast in the movie no but i think you ought to check it out Steve. the the dark underbelly of <clears throat> breast implants or the the dark under titty i mean the i would love to know when that's like what was the what does the first titty job look like because that's got to be just like a but some butchery you know, like, remember when they gave yeah. uh, Mr. Garrison tit implants? <laughs> like, it looks like that. <laughs> just like... Didn't he have a whole sex change? <laughs> yeah. And then he came back. He, he did them all. So, But his were like, it just looked like they stapled blood bags to his. It was just some crazy shit. Like a sock with some yogurt in it. <laughs> but like that first one even now dude you'll see shit where it's like if you were like far like a mile away it might look okay but you get up close and there's like a fucking there's lines everywhere there's like a fucking like fucking predator stabbed this chick in the chest it's crazy looks like a fucking etch-a-sketch man uh so I came up with a, an idea for an Adult Swim cartoon. I, I feel like it would only air on Adult Swim. So we all know Richard Nixon had a dick for a nose. Yes. But what if he had a nose for a dick? No, God! Cartoon um, Network, are you God watching this? damn it. <laughs> he has a dick for a nose and a nose for a dick. My eyes are up here. God damn it. It's just a dick on my face. Get I'm not a crook. <laughs> Achoo! Oh, God! <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm feeling a little under the weather. Blue balls. <laughs> Why does my face look like a pelvis? <laughs> I had me and Marilyn Monroe hung out last night. I think she gave me something. Suck <laughs> oh. it to me? <laughs> I love, I think we found like a, we need to get Richard Nixon back into the lexicon, Steve. I think we stumbled. We've talked about him. Yeah, we've talked about him quite a few times on this show and the man died in the 90s. Um, I mean, he was a criminal piece of shit, but I mean, his, he was a funny criminal piece of shit, I guess. 
maybe if you live through it, not as much, but you know, he was on Futurama as a decapitated head for a while. That was great. Yeah, some of that. Uh, he he was also on the show laughing. This was uh, SNL before SNL, and uh, it started young Goaty Han. And uh, you know it was a variety show. They had different guest stars come on, and he would pop in from time to time. And, and they said this helped his uh, charisma with America. This improved his like like ability. Suck it to me. <laughs> It showed that he can. He, he didn't take himself as serious, you know. Just went out. They played some discs. He's like, just dance, Dick. Son of a bitch. They had this thing where it was called "Sock it to me." That was like one of the catchphrases. Sock it to me. Sock it to me. <laughs> Is that the and, one and, where they and, would like come through like a door in a, the wall and like yeah. say some shit and then close it again? Yeah. With the psychedelic designs. Yeah, they had that like Price is Right look to it or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> That's what I always remember. It's just always inevitably they'd start like dancing in some way. Music would come up, you know, a hottie would come out and start Watusing or something. But Tricky Dick, I mean, fuck that guy. Don't let him. Don't let him be on the show laughing. Suck it to me. <laughs> the fuck? Well, that, that's how Lauren Michaels got his start. He, he was a, a writer, I believe, on that show. Now he's god of sketch comedy, apparently. What's going to happen when that's stop when he's gone? You know, do you think that's when mm-hmm. SNL will stop? It's got to be here forever, man. Just really? like WWF. I mean, Vince left. And I don't know if Lauren, I'm pretty sure Lauren Michaels has kids, but I don't think he would pass the torch onto his kids just because they're his kids. Cause they, they don't have a comedic history. Uh, if, if that's, if he, I'm pretty sure he's got kids, but um, I, I feel like he would give it to a trusted. Like a Seth performer. Myers, like somebody that did a weekend Seth, update or some shit like that. Colin Jost or somebody, or, uh, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. That's probably what it's going to be, but I wonder when he's not there because i mean he is like this wizard of oz like type figure you know he's almost more it's like it's he's like a movie character but he's a real person you know it's got to be really intimidating to meet that dude and like be in that process so i wonder when he's not there and it's not it doesn't have his name on it how long it'll last i mean i don't watch it regularly but i do the shit I see on like YouTube, I still enjoy. I'm not like an SNL hater. I want to like it. I'm a Bill hater. Um, I think that uh, just like WWE, it, it's not as good as the former years, man. Um, do you think that's a time hits. thing, though? Like, do you think that's just because we're like, it's never going to be Sandler and Far? Just like people no. in the 70s are like, it's never going to be Ch- the originals, like Chase and Murray and shit. You don't well, think it's although that? that's true. Yeah, it's it's never it's never going to be as good as Sandler. Like that's the best cast ever. But Agreed. I think that it's just not as good. Like the, the cast members, like there's no recurring characters that we we look forward to. There's no Church Lady. There's no Wayne's World. Um, you know, everything is so topical based on uh, news articles. It, it, it's like uh, E Magazine. 
E News presents Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's how it's been in like the past decade. And then there's we, Pete Davidson. Yeah, you can say I, I don't. I'm not a hater of that guy. Get your, you know, get paid. It's crazy to me how famous he's become for what he's doing. But my thing is like they had some of that like return. It's not like a character driven thing. I'm like maybe it is like. Keenan's the last vestige of that. He had some return characters for a long time, or like return skits, Black Jeopardy. Um, that one where he was playing like the crazy guy where like Sudeikis would come out and dance and shit. It was like a What's talk up with that? Yeah, hell yeah. Ooh. I love that shit. <clears throat> so he had that, but there's none of that now. I can't name you any. I can't really even name you a lot of the new cast, but yeah, it's. It's crazy it's gone on this long. It's a gotta be an insane machine to be a part of because I can't to write whatever an hour what is it, an hour and a half? Hour and a half. Whatever yeah. it is of sketches, topical sketches every week. That's just gotta be insane. You know, produce them and get them out, make them funny. But um yeah, it's just crazy what to think that at some point Lauren Michaels is not gonna be the person that's like at the helm of that shit. And I think then We'll see how like long lasting that shit can be. And, and we've already seen what it was like without him before. Um, it, it wasn't good. So let's face ourselves. This is in no way saying I like Lauren. I hope you live for a hundred thousand years. But as we know, that time is undefeated. Uh, I, I think the last great cast, though, who, who was the guy? Uh, Sudeikis. Uh, the the mid to late 2000s going into the 2010s, it was Sudeikis, uh, Samberg, Bill Hader. Will Forte. Uh, Forte was there. Uh, Dude with the glasses from Portlandia. I can't remember his name right now. You know I'm talking about. I didn't like about. him. You I don't like him? I, I, I wasn't a fan. You know, he had his um, moments. He had his moments. I'll give him that. Um, Maya Rudolph was still there. Uh, Daryl Hammond was still there. Amy um, Poehler. Amy Poehler. And of course, Keenan. Yeah. Uh, he was there throughout that whole time. I think that was, to me, that was the last great cast. And they definitely, like, all those motherfuckers went on to be hugely successful. You know, yeah. Andy Samberg. I, Wig. Yeah, hell yeah. All of them. So they, I think they'll find it. They've had cool, like, um, Bobby Moynihan was a guy who I didn't think got enough credit on that show. He was fucking funny as fuck. They've had a lot it's of good, one. like, one, but it's not like the whole cast. You know, it's like you'll get like a couple hitters in there, and then the rest you're like, uh, some nerdy white guy, and that could have been a thousand dudes. Hey, let me see. Introducing holiday specials from Kentucky Fried Chicken, just $9.99 each. No, really, what do we owe you? Hey, boys and girls, this is Shaquille Sunflower and Chief Running Man with Happened in the 90s, a show where we talk about things that happened in the 90s. So get out your Talkboy recording devices and your Lisa Frank Trapper Keepers, Cause we are living as single, single. Oh, in the 90s kind of way Get out, get my Keep your head up, what? Keep your head up, that's right 
one of the mo- least least appreciated theme songs of the 90s Steve. I, it gets appreciation but it's not discussed enough it's fucking yeah it's got it Steve. we didn't we didn't talk about it in, in our top five um didn't even we get didn't? an honorable mention no no sorry shame Khadijah. on us sorry Khadija. This is episode 85, Matt. We've been doing this 85 times. And today, my friend, we are talking about all things September 1st. Wow. In the 90s. September. We're here, Steve. I was as shocked when we made it through a year. We're almost through another year. What the fuck? And you know that that false schedule. (laughs) Man, it's a lot to pick from. I mean, I feel like we got some heaters this week. We got some weird ones too. We got a weirdy. I don't know. Some some weird shit. September first in the nineties. Yeah. Starting off in nineteen ninety one, Eon Flux premieres on MTV. Eon Flux is a mysterious and immoral secret agent from the country of Monica. Her motives or background are left unexplained, as are those of her antagonist slash love Trevor Goodchild. On her mission, she deals with swift, bloody justice to all that oppose her. I was a fan. I, I wasn't my favorite show, but I always thought the animation in that shit was cool. I, I appreciated the animation, man. Um, I, it was just, I, I think I, I couldn't fully appreciate it because I was still a kid. I mean, and, I, uh, it was just a hot chick killing people for the most part. And it was just cool. It was like barbed wire. Is it cool? Is it good? Maybe not, but it's just like cool to watch every once in a while. And this is way better than barbed wire. I don't even know why I brought that up, but, um, I, d- I didn't even know understand like it said that like Trevor Goodchild I remember like that character but I was like who is a like what is going on here it was always just like this weird like manga anime just weirdness and it was kind of sexual too like there was just like a, obviously she's kind of like a curvy chick so I don't know it was just Wearing one of the leather was this part of the MTV oddities thing that the other sh- the head that we're going to talk about was on? Like, wasn't this in the same block as that? I believe so. Yeah. And then you had liquid television, which was kind of like a, uh, a serial little yeah. snippets. But I remember that for sure. Like the, the intro was super cool and it ended with that. What you see behind Steve, like the eyelashes catching the fly and stuff. Um, and I it's think the they actually made like a movie with Charlie's Theron that they I've did. I've never seen it, but I can't imagine it was good. It's got Charlize Theron as Eon Flux. I mean, uh... Steve, let's not besmirch Charlize Theron now. You first Sandra Bullock, now this. I mean, come on. Yep. <laughs> yep. Y- yeah. Yep. Fuck, fuck some Charlize Theron. <laughs> Damn, you, dude. You you want to for one? She's from South Africa, so I'm already. So kinda, I get it. <laughs> Kinda, questionable uh, you know yeah spidey senses are, I, I give you I'm, I'm not counting you out completely but i'm already when did you grow up adopts- there <laughs> you know like when were you there let's let's figure that out first but even here in the states fuck fuck even past the south africa shit she adopted a black child and she puts girl a uh, little boy and she puts girl clothes on him and she says that it's his choice the, the kid when she got him wasn't but like grade school age you don't mm. and i don't know man there's a thing there's a thing when these these african kids are getting adopted here in the states and it's just 
I'm sure there's some good intentions in some situations, man, but with Charlize Theron, I... I mean, you hate to say don't adopt that, but it's like, I don't know, it is weird. I mean, you're taking, it must be a, be a crazy, like, shock to the system to go from being an orphan in Africa to living with Charlize Theron. Just that would be a mind fuck. And you, you got know? a G-string on. What the fuck? <laughs> You're gonna be a cute bunny. You're a cute little boy. I can't wait to put you in girl clothes. <laughs> well, Steve, you know, Charlize Theron, she obviously has stepped on the wrong side of your fucking opinions. Um Look, but this isn't about I Charlize Theron. Like this is yeah, I do too. Yeah. I don't I don't here's what I don't like. When I was a kid. I was just a kid for a while. You didn't think about any of that. You just you figured it out yourself. You didn't have anybody being like, you should dress like this. It was like, dress like shit. I wore Zubaz Dallas cowboy colored pants and a Tasmanian devil shirt to my first day of school in fifth grade, Steve. With a bow cut. Yeah. Did I? No, see, then I just only had like a buzzed head. I hadn't been fully indoctrinated into Ohio penis head philosophy okay. yeah that was that was next year and probably it was like fifth grade mid-year but at this point no some zubaz which in and of it zebra steve zebra pants think of that yeah. have you seen a white guy walking around with zebra fucking patterned pants uh like sweatpants style at all in the last decade have you seen anybody walking around in that other than like maybe a prostitute unfortunately no um <laughs> But we should because they were jamming. And, you know, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. My mom didn't take me to the pet store and strap a fucking shell on my back. I was a fucking kid. I was a kid. Like, and the mom. audacity of these parents. Well, he's got his mind made up. Tyler five. is now going to be called Crescenda. That's, that's the choice he made. And now, tomorrow, we're going to cut off his nuts. Now, on, on that same day, 1991, when Eon Flux premiered on MTV, That's My Dog premiered on the Family Channel. Two families and their dogs competed for prizes in games and stunts oriented towards dogs. Oh my God. And the shit lasted for four fucking years, Matt, from 1991 to 1995. The Family Channel. God, I remember that bullshit ass channel. That was one of the free ones when you just hooked the TV up and they had nothing. Just it would just like whatever came in. That was one of them, and it would be like this: Rin Tin Tin K Nine Cop and like a lot of Christian shit. You know, the Seven Hundred Club was probably on this too. That bullshit. And you still didn't want to watch it. It was for free ninety nine. Yeah, dude. Like man, it's on Snow Vision. Maybe, yeah, dude. Maybe an image will pop up. Is that a titty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is like Kirk Cameron bullshit. I hated this channel, and this is probably why. Look at this bullshit. Me and that's my dog, Steve. That's my dog. That's my dog. Hey, am dog. I looking into the right camera? <laughs> I fucking suck a dick. Fucking family channel. And then we're gonna ask this dog some questions after this obstacle course. Uh, and on that same day in 1991, E! News premieres on the E! Network. 
Yes, uh, years and decades before we had TMZ, we had E! News for all the juicy gossip of celebrities. This wasn't something I watched, but I loved some talk soup back in the day. I like me a little talk, talk soup. soup. There was a uh, AJ Benza had some kind of show on that. There was I think History. about yeah he Mysteries had something scandals. Yeah, there you. AJ that was Paul. my shit. AJ Benza, dude, fucking that guy's a goomba, dude. That guy will fucking get put a hit out on you. You better be careful. But he, he knows some people. And as we know, Howard Stern. He went, he went, he had his show that we've been watching that was on like East Coast regional television. And then he just bumped up to fucking E. They were like, look, you got to start throwing baloney on chicks asses on our station. Let's make this happen. And, and AJ Benza, he had a beef with Stern and John. I do remember that. Had, like, Who didn't, Steve? Apparently. I mean, we saw a lot of people that he's walked up on. But yeah, I think AJ Benza came in and was like. Some people just get the business on that show. You know, if you go in there enough times, you're going to get fucked with. You saw how Richard, I mean, and Richard Simmons seems like a timid individual, but he was always worried about going on that show. And I think you had to be because yeah. he's going to come in. You're going to come in and be like, oh, hey, nice to see you. So did you take it up the ass? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why also, dude, Steve, like loose farts? I want to put a 90s like call of that to action out because I read an article that said that um, Richard Simmons hasn't been seen in years. He's had knee issues, but there's a concern that he hasn't been seen in a long time and we don't know what's going on with Richard Simmons. It's been a lot of online updates and social media updates, but no actual physical sightings. But he's actually spoken out though like they, they made yeah they, they made the documentary on hulu and uh you know he, he finally responded saying that like he he's been sitting down because he's he's had bad knees all of that running man he's been sweating to the oldies so long i can only imagine everybody can't be forced dude so Richard Simmons put some fucking short shorts on in a glittery tank top in memory of that fucking legend steve we gotta go do some sweat to the oldies someday that's something from the 90s let's do it you want to get a perm first <laughs> i can i don't know what you're gonna perm you can perm what i got it's gonna it's probably gonna burn the rest of my fucking hair off <laughs> well, well testicle hair that's that's coarse <clears throat> well speaking of hair i don't know if you noticed but i don't have any facial hair and uh this is a word to the wise don't try to line your facial hair up when you're high <laughs> just wait oh, i do just well i fucked it up i i went too deep steve I, I was in there like oh yeah and then i turned my head a little bit and i was like holy fuck. it's gone i could either have a john waters mustache like steve or i just chop all this shit off you should you should go full john waters I feel it's like you could, pull, you could, I'm saying take the chin strap off and just go just straight mustachio, Steve, Luigi no, status. The, the, the beard stays. Oh, no. Why? Man, that, is, that is makeup for modern men. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Get you some. Uh, that following year, 1992, Roger Waters releases Abuse to Death. And I actually listened to it yesterday. It is uh, an entertaining album, man. Uh, you know, he's a big part of the Pink Floyd success in their heyday. Uh, he's one of the key songwriters and contributors. 
and I, I get wall vibes listening to this. It's very ambient. You know, I smoked me a, about a half a blunt to the face. Nice. And uh, yeah, man, Roger Waters is a talented motherfucker. And uh, I don't know if your rock listening days are, are done for, if, if you just do hip hop or what. I don't listen to it all. I listen to Corn, Jamie Foxx, and um, Disturbed this week, and uh, more than that. But that's just a little bit. You know, I'll go everywhere, not country. That's where I draw the line. Oh no, uh, but dude, you know, you, you sitting at the house, man. You know, putting one in the air. Check out at least a part of this Roger Waters "Amused to Death," man. It's over an hour. It's it's like a goddamn opera. I respect I, I always wondered when I listened to Pink Floyd like all the little things that they put into their albums and I'm sure it's the same with this Roger Waters yeah. thing like are you are you tripping when you make it are you just that thoughtful when you're making the song where you're like oh man this is really gonna fuck with these motherfuckers like putting those little like tidbits in there that you you literally only hear them when you're fucked up it's like you know yeah. unless you're really listening to it it's just like i always wonder it seems like you're you're making the a hard job way harder by doing that like weird psychedelic shit where you're hiding messages and weird audio clips of chicks saying you're dying and shit and it just like weird shit that i always it's fascinating and it, like also like when you could like put um dark side of the moon to wizard of oz and it just if you time it right like it magically works did we ever try that? I and this might be hearsay because I don't remember doing it, and I feel like I would remember that. But I think Jordan did it and said it worked. I think somebody we know closely who I there's no reason to lie about it. <clears throat> but I've never, I've never, I I was content just being in a room with Dark Side of the Moon playing. That's enough. I get like that would be crazy to watch. I probably would have had to freak out. Yeah, man. I mean, word to Bill Hicks, though, man. Uh, you know, all of the best shit that we've heard in our lifetime, somebody influenced on something. Hell yeah. I mean, Pink Fly, just so many, even just myself, like, I've had so many awesome memories listening to that, And it's, I wouldn't even say I'm a fan of them. I never owned a Pink Floyd album. You know, I, I might have had it on like a burnt CD, but other than like, tr I don't listen to I'm it when I'm not tripping balls. You know what I mean? That's the only way you can appreciate Pink Floyd. Not a, a simple joint wouldn't do it for you. Well, we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm willing to be wrong, Steve. I'm willing to breathe, <laughs> breathe in the air. Don't be afraid to show you care. Man, I so many weirdos. I, I was thinking about that. I watched some movie and. There was like a psychedelic scene. I'm like, it was just like a party thing. But I was like, how many weird people that I was just like put into a situation with, like hang out with those Fremont people. And they like, you you take acid and they'd be like, oh, this guy's coming over. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's just some like crazy hill. There was some guy named like, his name, it, something Jesus. It was an adjective Jesus. And this dude was like an older guy. He looked like Jesus, but like a burnout. And he had a dog and we were just like at, like right at that moment where you're you're like ooh, I, something's about to happen and then like he walks in her room with like a huge fucking dog i was like oh god 
Yeah, dude. I remember my English teacher walked in there and was smoking and shit. I was like, oh, shit, that's kind of cool. He, he was one of the teachers from Perrysburg I liked. Oh, uh, I remember that. I remember one time I like we were I was in my apartment. I mean, it was my apartment, but like, you know, I live with a guy who was selling that shit. And uh, one of like a guy who I think was like a sub at our place came in and was like, oh, we were both there. I think we're talking about the same thing because I remember the dude was all weird about it. He was um, like, man, I don't I, know if this is cool or not. I was like, who am I going to tell? For real, I hate all those people. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy I'm talking about, he was a permanent English teacher. I, damn, I feel like I'm giving too much info. No, um, fuck that. He was a cool yeah. English teacher. But anywho, that was, that was a weird thing, too, when you get out of high school and you're like, oh, wait, you guys are normal? Like, I wish I would have known this and maybe we could have been cool instead of me hating you and vice versa. No shit. Uh, but also in 1992, Chubb Rock releases the album, I Gotta Get Mine. And it, it's such a reflection of the time it was released, man. This is early 90s hip hop and Chubb Rock on this album, uh, he's like the Chuck D that couldn't. It, it's very preachy. It's very, uh, don't do drugs. It's very after school. You, you're oh. underage. You shouldn't be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> And, and lo and behold, it's full of the wiggity figgity shiggity. This is '92, so that that figgity shiggity wiggity '92 and '93. <laughs> I feel like that's the peak of that shit. So you can shoehorn that in still before it's too late. Crazy um, crack is wiggity wax, Steve. I mean, is that what we're dealing with? Is it that bad? It's it's that and and that basic. This is also a time where you can get away with being a basic rhymer. It's just like it, it was not until the mid '90s when uh, Big Papa and Nas, Jay Z, Bone, Eminem, when they just changed the game. And it's like you got to do more than just no, bro. You got to do more yeah. work than that. More, you know. <laughs> luckily for Chub Rock, he released this shit in the early '90s. In uh, 1994, we finally get to talk about Living Single. Uh, they're airing the episode. There's got to be a morning after. Maxine and Kyle get drunk and sleep together, and Scooter moves to New York. Uh, this is the season premiere, uh, the second season premiere, and uh, it, it takes the baton from a cliffhanger from the series finale, the season finale, the previous season. Yeah, and for those uninitiated, Maxine and Kyle hooking up is, it's not exactly the same, but it's like if Martin and Pam hung, hooked up. You know, they basically, exactly. that we go in, the episode starts, Kyle's in bed. He's looking, he's feeling great. He just nutted. He's, he's just, it's like he's having a, he's waking up from a eight hour fucking power sleep. And he looks over and he's like, wait, and it's his arch nemesis, Maxine. And they seem a little bit un unnerved that they've yeah. had sexual relations, Steve. Maxine Law. Maxine Shaw, attorney at law. Uh, she she was my crush on this show. I, I liked her and some Regine, Miss, Miss Kim Fields. Regine, and, um, Regine's the one, Steve. But I will say in this, that red dress look that she has with mm -hmm. the legs. Yes, sir. Look, look at that ass, man. <laughs> Show for show for she show. looks good, but Ray Jean was my chair. I mean, it's, she's forever uh, dudeless, which I never understood because she's the hottest one, Steve. Well, as I get older, I understand. Um, some women, despite their looks, are for the streets. 
Wow, I get it. Yeah, I mean, the looks be they maybe help you as a younger person, and then you know you're not developing other skills. Let's put it like that. You know, you're just sexy. But Regine, though, she's got that little. It's not southern debutante, but it's right there. It's whatever like the northern version of that is. She, she she's is a classy the, gal. She's the Rue McClanahan of this crew. Yeah, I can. Yeah, exactly. If we get to that age, exactly, and. To me, just a shame, Steve. I could have maybe if Matt was living single back then, she could have found her in her heart to just hang out with a white boy for a little bit and figure it out. But the the problem with the Ray Jeans of the world also, they looking for big ballers. Uh, you know, you, you better be pulling up in a big body Benz or Maserati or one of those Ferrari Porsches or some shit. Um, and, not and a that's Toyota why Corolla, single. not a Toyota Corolla. She's not going to totally respect no. that. It's a I got. Totally it's paid no for Corolla. though. I I own it, Steve. Doesn't she and respect that? She would that? say, "Bless your heart, child." <clears throat> that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and but anyway, she... Kyle and Max, they're they fucked, and they got to do everything just to get out of bed again. They almost damn near break each other's necks, all like tied up in the sheets. And they're trying to just run the opposite ways and just like wash their private parts out because you know this was not in the cards steve this was not Ky- supposed to happen kyle woke up with salt in his navel and they had a whole empty bottle of i don't know if it was thunderbird or fireball or some shit. they they just cleared that whole bottle and uh just a recap they they start this episode off with the recap of the previous episode uh scooter uh was a childhood friend of khadijah uh, played by Queen Latifah, and he—I I don't like Scooter uh, because Thank he you. pops up. He—he he always does this shit. Uh, and, and the current guy that she was talking to uh, is played by a guy who was in uh, a, a soap opera. I just remember him. He always—he had that gray streak. He had okay. all black hair with the gray streak, and that's—that was her current love interest. And he's making the moves going in, and then here comes Scooter. I'm back, baby. And if that was me. I can only think about this as if I was in the person's shoes. You know, you're courting, you're you're trying to woo someone, and then a childhood friend. Just because I knew this bitch when she was eight, I, I get first dibs now, and I just pop up. I feel like Scooter should have had his ass whipped at least eleven times throughout the series. I mean, he's fucking the vibe up anyway because he's constantly in there just fucking sucking ears and shit. It's like, man, take that shit into a room or something. I'm trying to eat dinner here, Scooter. Real black lightning. Yeah, and you gotta fucking also you're here and it ain't like you're fucking balling out. You're trying to get hooked up with a job, dude. It's like, hey, I'll give you some dick. Can you give me a job though? It's like, damn, dude, you fucking you must have been a great friend back in the day, cause you a fucking twat. <laughs> and shame on Khadija for just lit day. Yeah, you know what? I, <laughs> I did know him since I was doing double dutch. Uh by current love interest. Yeah, who's in a suit? He's probably got a Mercedes and shit. It's like you're, you're fucking with a baller, and then fucking Scoot. The guy's name is Scooter. It's Scooter. Come on, fucking Scooter. So yeah, he just that guy pops pisses up the and, bed at night, Steve. Yeah, and he, and he looks into your wallet when you're asleep just to check if the lining is still there. Uh, <laughs> Maxine, she gets suspended at her law firm that she works for. And uh, that's what led her into going into a, a drunken whatever and, you know, going to sleep, going to bed with Kyle. And, you know, you already told that how they started off the episode. And Kyle refers to Max's charity work. They, they get back to snapping at each other. 
and I mean, it is like it ain't even. It's there's no coming back from some of the shit they said, or at least that's what I thought. I was like, damn, are you gonna just walk out now? Because you just like laid this chick to waste. You're like, at least you have bragging rights. I have nothing. (laughs) It's like, what the damn, bro? She's fucking fine as fuck in here, and you're just trying to fucking just get. I don't know. That was wild, but you know, clearly they're not happy about it. We cut. We go over to uh, the apartment that both. I think they all live in the same fucking place. They're like neighbors, but they're up on the the sea of the roof, and they're having the little cool rooftop New York City party. And um, again, Scooter sucking ears and fucking fucking the vibe up with Khadijah. Smoozing. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I mean, the PDA is off the. It's insane. I mean, I'm all for loving your whoever, but goddamn, get a room. Uh, and you know. Uh, Max walks in. She's acting all weird. She's covering her. She's like covering herself. She looks like a fucking Eskimo at one point in the summertime. Yeah, look. She, she's hungover. Yeah. Well, she ain't feeling good that. for a while. And her pussy hurts too because fucking Kyle put a hurting on it. And then she's acting weird. The ladies can tell. And then Kyle and uh, Overton come in. And like Maxine and Kyle are both singing like a, the same song. I think I think they're singing "Tell, Tell Me Something, me something good. good." Yeah. So it's just another inclination that they're like hiding. So they're like, well, just, "You guys are on like a wavelength here," but some there's a weird vibe going on. But they haven't told but, but anybody yet. Before that even happens, though, Max like they clearly see she's hungover, and she says she'll never drink again. And instantly, Regine asks who she regrets sleeping with because Regine, she she's always she she's got her ear to the streets. She's always on top of things like that. Yeah, and then while they're there, like they're not snapping on each other. Is that what you did? You say that part of it, like, and she's like, "Wait a second, you ain't saying nothing about his fucking dry ass kneecaps." Yeah. The fuck's Looking going like on here? Kickboxing asphalt. <laughs> so <clears throat> they're just <clears throat> at this point, I get it. You want to hide the secret. You don't want the, you don't want the drama, Steve. You don't want the fucking yeah. drama. But you cause you you put dick into pussy and then you gotta face the facts here. Just like babies. And Ken well, Kyle, he gets nervous and he just leaves and Overton he he leaves with him. And they return to their apartment and Kyle just comes clean. And, uh, you know, he's like, dude, me and Max, we did the deed. And Overton kind of had an inkling because he was like, man, I, I, I noticed Max's pump or a suede pump underneath the couch. So I knew something freaky deaky was going on. And fu- freaky fact about that pump, uh, Kyle says that he drank out of it. So I don't know what kind of freak fucking shit was going on, but I ain't never been so horny I drank out of a shoe, Steve. I, I just might now. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> God damn. You know how much I want you? Give me your fucking pump. <laughs> yeah, girl, fuck? you know I suck toes, too. <laughs> That's fine. You can suck a toe, but you don't got to put no liquid into oh, a shoe, Steve. But but drinking liquor out of a fucking pump, that's where you draw the line, huh? Yeah. You can suck some toes. The fucking, fucking toes attached water. to something. I ain't grabbing an accessory and fucking call, turning it into a fucking uh, cup. We don't need to do that. I'll, I'll suck a toe, Steve. I'm not ashamed to fucking say that shit. Even the the lint in between? Fuck it. If if you're at that point, like, I'm not gonna, you know, there's very few things that's gonna fucking stop the train at that point. You know what I'm saying? 
Unless you look down, there's a fucking like it looks like a hatchet or a fucking corns hanging off that shit or something. I mean, you know, if you got like a don't be a menace to South Central situation, you're trying to throw hot sauce on it, not to puke, then no, don't do that. But, but when no, the Remy's in the system. Yeah. I mean I'm an ass eater, so I'm not gonna even I'm not even gonna hear it. There's, a toe, there ain't nothing that ain't nothing, Steve. That, that's always our default, right, buddy? So he's that. It's like, oh yeah, if I do that, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean that's seriously. It's like, am I gonna? Why am I? Why is the bar down here, and I'm concerned when I'm up here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Shit. <laughs> and, and Overton, he he tells his boy like, hey Kyle, you need to figure out if this <clears throat> is love or hate. Maybe you need to take her out on a date. So while the ladies are talking about it, oh. Max, she comes clean to the girls. And they're just like, you just, what? Oh, my God. So while they're doing that shit, Kyle just comes up. He's like, will you have dinner with me tonight? She says, yes. Pick you up at seven. And then he slams the suede pump on the ledge of the roof. Oh. You you enter with action. Bold action. I mean, the dude has, like, the most, like, professional voice of all time, too. So it's just like, he's coming in powerful. He's like... Do you want to come on a date with me, Maxine? It's like fucking uh, Olmec from Legends of the Hidden Temples asking you out on a fucking date. Yeah. <clears throat> well, he was a, a voice actor for God of War, and uh, they took that role from him. I can't remember the reason, but he's he's done an interview about it on Vlad. Uh, but yeah, you're right, man. He has a very commanding voice. It, it's kind of like he, he could take the reins from James Earl Jones when he passes. Yeah, he definitely has. He's got it, but... Uh, clearly, you know, so at least they're, they want to talk. There's something here, Steve. I mean, they're, they're both down. So dates on fucking goddamn scooters licking the fucking earwax out of Khadijah's ear. She's going to be hearing fucking shit three miles away if he doesn't stop. Regine's not fucking Sinclair. Sinclair may be clinically mildly retarded. I don't know, but she's, I, she's cute. Sinclair could get it. Yeah, and she her love interest is Overton. They yeah. they haven't fully started their relationship yet, but you know they're 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 courting each other, and um, they're on the know, open I, with I, it too. Like they're all you know they're they're not like making out, but they're they're flirting. It's flirtatious, and they're adorable. They both deserve each other. You know he he's an oafish guy from Midway. He's from Cleveland. Uh, the character Overton and the guy uh, John Hinton that plays him, he's from Cleveland, so he incorporated his his Browns fandom and all of that into right. the show. And um, you know, she she's a lovable, adorable. You know, probably has a collection of trolls and shit. Uh, actually, she does. She has a collection of trolls in the office. Um, so Max and Kyle, they end up. Oh, before we get to that, Scooter announces that he's the new director and artist relations of Hologen Records. So. Oh. And, and uh, Max and Kyle, they're having their date and they're retracing their love-hate relationship with each other. And, you know, they're kind of going back and forth, but the, but the sex was good. But I still hate your face. And Max, she eventually sets him straight and tells him she was desperate. Kyle tells her she looks prettier when he's drunk. And then it, it becomes this whole, you make me sick, you make me puke. Dance, love to. Yeah, but also before they get to that, uh, Kyle says... And I think it's kind of along the lines of what he said earlier. He's like, at least you get to brag about this. Like during, it's like, yeah. dude, what kind of fucking ego this dude got, dude? 
but they get to dancing and they're on the like they're simpatico steve they're dancing the samba or some shit they're grinding yeah they're fucking all over people are just i mean everyone's watching max is in this red dress looking fire as fuck um and you can see the sparks start flying they're like okay they dance once they come back they start kind of giving each other shit again and then another like the tango comes on or some shit and yeah you know these guys are these people are classy but could you at the drop of a hat bust a tango out steve <laughs> i've seen Hello? this in multiple shows and it's like what kind of fucking like background do these people have where they're just out in new york being like young professionals and then they're like tango yeah da, 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 da. it's there's nothing i i don't know where that comes from where's that now they were they were giving free lessons at Central Park. I guess. They went to every fucking one of them, I guess. And while this is going on, the rest of the crew is at the apartment pontificating the future of Max and Kyle. Uh, will she be Max Barker, Max Shaw Barker, or will it be Kyle Shaw Barker? And they're placing side bets on whether or not they're going to start this relationship. Uh, meanwhile, Max and Kyle are tearing it up on some tango. And Max with those damn legs. Just I'm telling you, dude. She might have, like, in this episode, outshined Regine, which for me is almost impossible. But they're killing it, and they're they're into each other, Steve. They've they've danced the hatred away a little bit. It's still there. They're still gonna crack on each other, you know. But maybe he's gonna dip his pen in the company ink, if you know what I'm saying, Steve. And, and then when they sit down, he he eventually asks her, like, "Look, what's it gonna be?" The sex was good. I laid it down last night, girl. You, you were calling my name. You were talking in tongues. And your fucking eyes rolled back to your fucking brain. It, it, she was just like, you know, all of that is true. You you did lay some pipe work. But um, I, I kind of like hating you. Yeah, I don't want to lose that. They're, instead of being like, yeah. I don't want to lose the friendship. They're like, I don't want to lose this hatred I have for you. It's too it healthy. fuels me, you know? Yeah keeps me on my toes so we're there then we cut back to the the house or whatever the apartment and um first of all i just have to point out that in this scene regine's wearing what i think is a denim apron the whole time it's very weird fashion it was just like a small little thing i caught i was like some for somebody so fine like what are you wearing it's like a bugle boy apron some of her choices were off i, I will say that i mean take it off though and then we're, we're money at that point but nothing else what's up what's up regine but anywho max and kyle come in they're sort of they as soon as they're in the building the door opens up and everyone's like oh what's going on what are you doing let me spell them figures right <laughs> they're like chill the fuck out you know we're fine get back in the apartment and then they sort of talk in the whatever i guess you call it, like the lobby or whatever this building and uh they're just like you know you can tell like this is going to keep going i don't remember exactly what the words are but kyle's like you know i'll see you it's very like gentlemanly they he it's yeah. not like they don't even snap on each other They're just like i'll see you later fucking sexy motherfucker <laughs> And they, they wish each other a good night and part ways. And uh, that's the end of that episode. Um, this is one of the episodes that 
stand out to me for this series uh, because of the cliffhanger at the end of season one going into season two. Um, and this was a big deal. Um, you know, we watched this faithfully right after Martin, and uh, we knew that they had this cantankerous relationship with each other. And the fact that he woke up next to her, I remember the initial shock, like, oh my God, whoa, how did that happen? Well, I gotta wait until August to find out, or September to find out. Um, Tonight's the night, right after The Simpsons catch the exclusive world premiere of the Do the Bart Man music video. Don't miss it, dude. But on that same day in 1994, The Head premieres on MTV. Jim goes to see a doctor about his giant head. After seeing strange lights in the sky one night, he woke up with this condition. On his way home, he's attacked by a gang, and he finds out what's inside his head. Yeah, and I remember this show. And when we said we were going to watch it, I was like, why didn't I watch this show? Because it seems like weird in a way that was right up my alley. It was on MTV. Beavis and Butthead were out. You know, Aeon Flux. All those shows were out, so I remember this. But I was like, why didn't I watch it? And then when I watched this episode... I was like, oh, I remember why. Because this shit is weird as fuck. The tone Very. of it's weird. The animation's weird. But the show just in general is just so fucking bizarre that it's strange that it even got made. You know, I'd love to hear stuff. I'd love to hear the behind the scenes of this. Like I saw a documentary about like Ren and Stimpy a little bit and it was interesting. But like, even if there's no controversy, I would just want to see who created this because this is just so fucked up. <laughs> It's a weird. guy that will never work in this town again. I yeah. looked it up and I was like, I've never heard of this guy. What else has <laughs> he done? Uh, and uh, I think I, because I wasn't smoking weed at the time, I didn't even fuck with it. I, I knew of the show. Uh, and even though I was watching Beavis and Budhead, I think that was easier on the palate for a kid, for, for this kid in the 90s. And um, I, I could see myself still watching it, even though it's bizarre. Because I smoke weed now. Yeah, I mean, that's totally why. I could like just and also you're just caught up in how bizarre like because it gets at first you're like all right the guy looks weird and then when it gets to where he's actually talking to roy and shit it's just the tone shifts so much there's a guy with it's like a cocoon of fur it's crazy um but it's basically this is a two-part episode like doug and like beavis and butthead we sort of halfway through it cuts and then we go to the second part but the first part is basically the full intro of the show and just like steve explained uh jim right at the beginning of the show is sort of narrating he's talking about how he looked up in the sky one day and then ever since like his head kept growing and growing so now he's at the doctor he's at dr axel's which i think is a baller ass doctor name it's just a fucking powerful fucking cool ass name and he's like what's going on with the dome and i mean you should be at the hospital way before this if your dome is fucking eight feet tall you got to go to the hospital guy there there could be something severely wrong here so he does go but dr axelrod's like look man all i can tell you is there's a big black mass in that big ass head of yours other than that I don't know what to tell you. We're not gonna. We're not operating because it's your brain. So, um, go walk around town with your gigantic head, and we'll figure. Maybe we'll figure this out. Even when it's erect, yes. Even <laughs> when it's vascular, 
<laughs> and just the like there's like a weird tension and like a weird mood that they create with like the animation and the narration and the like the music that they play it's just all without seeing it I, it's hard to explain because this ain't I wouldn't call this a comedy <laughs> a dark comedy maybe maybe um and, uh, you know, after leaving the doctor's office, Jim's getting bullied by some pussies who failed their CDL test until his head bubbles up with a bunch of fucking keloids and like a pack of nerds uh, until a purple alien pops out and decimates these future Waffle House cooks. I mean, it's like Denzel and training day with like those hobos. He's he's going to town. And I mean, great, because I mean, I don't think Jim's fighting with that gigantic head, how he can even walk around. I mean, there's got to be a hundred pounds ahead there, Steve. He can barely Man. get in the doorway. So now he's got to deal with this. He's got an alien coming out of his head, and um, it's it's giving out not only whoop ass whoopings, but it's giving out messages because I think it just says "stay out of trouble" too, or something, and then it goes back into his head, I believe. I yeah. think. So that's crazy. And again, I'd maybe go back to the doctor at that point. Like, maybe can we get this thing out? But luckily for the show, he doesn't do that, Steve. He goes back to his place. Hobos have been ass whooped. Um, he's looking in the mirror. He's looking at his gigundous head. Um, and honestly, dude, I'd probably just sit on my couch and just relax. But he's just sitting there until I think his head bubbles up again and Roy comes out. Roy comes out of his head, which Roy is the purple demon baby alien or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And he's like, look, man, we're in like a, he's a very cool customer. Like if you got an alien coming out of your head, better this than like the thing in aliens. Cause this guy comes out, he already helped you out of an ass whooping. And now he's like, look, man, I'm going to help you out and you're going to let me live in your head. It's going to be like that. And he's like, I mean, I'd be like, you know what? There could be worse things in my life at this point. Um, but can we figure out a situation where my head's not 10 feet tall? Maybe just stay on the couch, you know? Yeah. I look like an exclamation mark. And Roy has good intentions, man. You know, he even senses that Jim is lacking in the confidence field. And he's like, you know what? I can help you with that. You, you're always down on yourself. You, you think you're not good enough. And with me, buddy, yeah, you're going to conquer the world. And Jim thinks about this. He's like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to get rid of this purple alien in my head. Uh, and there's a butthead cameo. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there, there's some government agents who, who are trying to get a hold of Jim, if I'm not mistaken. They're just trying- like obviously searching for shit. And then I think they're connected to some like this other nefarious like doctor guy. But they're just on the lookout for, I guess, maybe aliens. And they get yeah. this, they see like a, some sort of report about Jim going to the doctor and the doctor report is like gigantic head, you know? So they're like, oh, maybe that's something. Um, but Butthead brings in a tape. I think it's like a news report of the homeless guys or whatever they were that uh, got bullied Jim. Uh, they got their ass kicked and they're like, this fuck, he had an alien coming out of his head, man. And the guy's like, get him. Let's get this yeah. guy. So, Butthead, then, yeah, I don't know if they had any more cameos, but initially they they at least got you five seconds of Butthead in this. So I appreciate that. And uh, they, they pick up the guy, the hobo guy, in an ice cream truck. It, it's very 
just off the radar. And as Jim's at home talking to Roy, he gets some messages on the answer machine. And a lot of them are from the doctor telling him he needs to come back and get tested some more and, and figure out what the fuck is going on. Uh, and at the end of this answering machine, uh, there's a message left by Natalie, who is Jim's love interest. Yep. Madeline's apparently, unfortunately for Jim and his gigantic fucking head, uh, they have a date. And I would have called it off because I'm like, look, honey, you come over here. You're going to we're going to have to have a conversation. So maybe we cancel this. But Jim's like, you know what? We're going to do this because Roy obviously giving him a little confidence boost. And now we're into the second episode. So he's like, what am I going to do? And now it's the date. And Roy yeah. basically convinces Jim. He's like, look, man, I'm going to help you out, bro. Let's do this. And they they whip up like a nice shrimp Alfredo or something. It's very delicious. You know, there's some shrimps. There's some garlic. There's some some other zhuzh. And some candlelight. Um, it's, like a, it's like a ratatouille situation, but it's a purple demon alien. Um, I'm trying to make that lady a tramp. <laughs> hell yeah. So then Madeline shows up. Roy's in the head. And then we sort of also get a view of what it's like for Roy inside of Jim's head. And it's basically just a big flesh room with like a clunky looking TV thing. Some very rudimentary alien technology, but he's basically able to watch what's going on. And he can like talk to Jim through like a shitty principal microphone. He's like, look, she's gorgeous, man. Hey. Maybe drop something and look under the table real quick, but you know, he's given a lot of weird advice. On some Roxanne shit. <laughs> yeah. And surprisingly, Madeline, um she doesn't run in terror when she sees Jim, Steve. She sits down, she's like, you know what? This explains a lot. Um yeah. but I'm into this. I actually have a she fetish for gigantism, so this is great. She she works at the neighborhood center and it's full of freaks. Uh, she she's like, hey Jim, you could go there and look like Jefferson Darcy around these motherfuckers, and that's why she's like, oh, this is tame. You should see what I see at work. Yeah, as long as that dick ain't fucking that size, we're good. I don't want to get ripped in half. <laughs> and, and everything is going cool, man, and until Roy just busts out of his head again. Well, he fucks up because clearly he hits like the wrong button, and he hit, sends out some or there's some kind of message, and then something's wrong he's concerned he bubbles out of jim's head fucking just jizzes onto the table you I mean it's like a pimple pop right in front of madeline she's shocked and he's like look you guys gotta hide so they run and also i, I gotta say it's crazy that he can just like ejaculate out of jim's head and like cause this gigantic hole and but it doesn't kill jim you know, this is like, he's not dead whenever this thing comes out of his head. He just, you know, he heals up real quick. So that's pretty cool. You know, I keep yeah. that. You get a little Wolverine action going here. But what's happening is Roy's got some sort of like alien nemesis or something that's coming for him. Maybe they tracked the computer. I don't know. They don't explain it. But then in crashes... Uh, some kind of other kind of weird demon alien and we get like a psychic fight like an alien fucking throwdown Steve a slobber knocker uh, intergalactic melee all in Jim's living room and you know he 
Roy ends up giving him some chair shots, his, his arch nemesis, like some Cactus Jack shit, and with, with some haymakers on top. And then all of a sudden, uh, the other alien, I don't even know if we got his name. The motherfucker was like, oh, no, I'm not done. And then he just hops into Natalie's head. Yeah, now there's two heads walking around. And Madeline, now she just like, instead of being like, help me, she's like zombified and she just walks out. So yeah. now we don't know what the fuck. I don't like this, Steve. It, it makes me scared. Are we going to get giant fucking heads with aliens inside of them? Because how many of these things are out there? You know what I'm saying? Dr. Axelrod's going to have a fuck. He's got to get the fucking tests out. We got to figure this out. Mel Gibson's got one in his head. I bet you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mel Gibson's got fucking more than that. He's got a lot of racism in his head. It's worse than an alien. Or the alien's super racist. Either way, you know, it's not a great mix. But that's it. That's the episode, guys. Giant alien head guy. A lot of, like, it popping out of his head. And, um, you know, I don't know how long this show lasts, but what a wild fuck. I don't know how they sold this. Because if I'm a, if I'm an MTV higher up, I'm like, get the fuck out of my office right now. You think I'm paying for this? Well, MTV in the 90s, I'm sure the higher ups were always getting high <clears throat> with either weed and or crack. I don't know. Um, maybe some blow. They're like, oh, yeah, a fucking alien pops out of his head. Oh, cool. What? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they they didn't even get they slide. they're like what'd you say alien sure whatever fuck god you want to do a bump off my dick anywho um but i didn't hate the show i just I thought it's either. like such a bizarre i would like to see what this turns into i'm actually curious it's so fucking weird from the fir- from the get-go that maybe this becomes yeah. some crazy fucking intergalactic fucking uh joyride or something steve i'm into it and you can watch the whole series in a weekend. I believe it only lasted, what, two or three seasons. Um, I don't like it because I couldn't find it on the streamers. I had to actually just buy it on Amazon Prime for two bucks. Yeah, it, unfortunately, it's available on Amazon Prime. And then, like they are not at the top of my list when it comes to streaming. I mean, at least there's availability. If you're willing to pay... A, two bucks you can usually watch whatever you want but i don't like i don't like the fact that like sometimes you'll rent a movie and the quality of the movie one will be like five bucks and one will be like two and it's like the two dollar movie is incredible the five dollar movie it's like i just want to watch this because i'm an idiot and i i watched bushwhacked i want to watch bushwhack for no reason you know whatever and it's like why is this so much fucking money why is there a disparity i don't get it because of the rarity they supply yeah. and demand. <laughs> why the disparity because of the rarity steve riggity riggity rat biggity 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 uh and in 1995 september 1st the rock and roll hall of fame opens in cleveland and ohio did you ever go Have to you been this? there yet i've been I, there. i've been there once i was there a long time ago and i went with my parents and I think I remember they, I don't know. I just don't, it's, museums are a weird thing, Steve. Uh, even if it's like Jimmy, I saw, there was cool shit. You see like Jimi Hendrix's guitar, like some shit. And that's cool. Yeah. 
Um, the thing I remember I liked a lot was like when you first walk in, there's an area where you can just like listen to music. You just like put on headphones and they have like a bunch of yeah. it's like going to like a CD store back in the day and you could just hit a button. Um, but I'm not a museum guy, but it looks fucking cool for for something in Ohio. It looks fucking dope as shit. It's like the Louvre. Somebody that designed that shit designed that. So for that reason, I love it, but I'm not going there anytime soon. Uh- the, the architect was I.M. Pei, and he's kind of like the LeBron of architecture. I believe the man passed away uh, a couple years ago, um, but, you know, th- this is just one of his many projects that he had throughout his career. It's Yeah, and I mean, I, that's what I remember, because, I mean, you walk up, but you can see it forever. You have to walk for a while to get to it from wherever you park, but I maybe we went to it with school, too. I don't know, but regardless, Very cool specific. building, but again, it's a museum shit. So it's just one of those things where, unless it's like the Ninja Turtles museum or some shit so that I just, it's got it's a home run. I'm not really into it. Like even the football hall of fame, it was tough. I mean, is it just a bunch of like busts of heads? I mean, there's that, there's that, that's the biggest part, but I mean, they have jerseys. The one thing that I definitely remember that was cool, the one, well, I've went there a couple of times, but the last time I went, which was forever ago, they had this, it was kind of, a, it was just like a game you could play where you, you and another person would watch plays and you'd have to say, is it going to be a run or a pass? Like they'd start it and you could like, see, they'd pause it like right before anything happened. And you'd have to say like what they're going to do next. And it was like a contest thing, which I remember being cool. But yeah, even that, it's like, I'm a Steelers fan. There's a lot of Steelers in the fucking Hall of Fame, just like there are Cowboys. And that's cool. But unless you're there to just sit, go and like take a picture next to a bus that looks nothing like the guy, um, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's, it was cool to see. Um, my dad was like kind of he was a huge Steelers fan. So it was cool to see like him go. Cause he, like the guys that he was a fan of, he would just like tell stories about like mean Joe green and shit, like, like his personal memories and shit. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, I'm just not a, I'm not a museum guy. I'm not an art museum guy. I'm not any of that. I'm just like trash, Steve. Let me watch it on TV. You know what I'm saying? You need some cultures, huh? I do. I agree. I totally agree. You, I'm, I'm you, white you trash. To appreciate the fine arts. I'm wearing a Dr. Pepper shirt, so I don't know what the fuck you expect, but you know. Yeah, I think you, you you're you're more arty than you give yourself credit for. I think I know I I've, I'll fuck you up like in trivia about that stuff, but if you would just ask me voluntarily, you want to go to a museum? I'm probably 99% of the time, unless I'm just ripped and like this is gonna be cool to look at. Uh, probably just gonna decline that because again, I'm way trash. So hey. <laughs> I tried. Uh, well, in 1996, the Carolina Panthers outgunned the Atlanta Falcons 29-6 in their first regular season NFL game at Erickson Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. And things never got better for that franchise. Ever. I mean, it's, it's wild that they've been around, like them in Jacksonville. They came around the same year, I think, right? The same year. 96. So both of them did pretty well starting out and i carolina had cam newton for a while so they'd get it was like paper wins it looked good if you just looked at it in like a textbook but they it wasn't significant the jake delome era that was a good super bowl yep 
But like, remember when Jacksonville had Mark Brunel, and I think they went to the Super Bowl or they went deep into the playoffs. Something this they, year. They, I'm talking they, like long time ago when they first came no, out. That's what I'm saying. Their 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 first year, they went to oh. the AFC Championship and, and yeah. lost to the Patriots. Yeah, Mark Brunel. They had it was just one of those teams that was just like they something happened. But now all of them are trash. I mean, fucking Carolina is depending on goddamn Baker May suck to uh, lead them to victory. So good luck. But it's crazy, man. That that was always wild when new teams came. I remember we didn't get a lot of it, but we got these teams in football and then like the maybe like the Rockies, the Marlins. We've seen some teams come up out of nowhere, you know, be created. And we also got the new Browns of Baltimore uh, because in 1996, that same day, Vinny Testicles completes 19 for 33 for 254 yards as the Baltimore new Browns beat the Oakland Raiders 17 to 14 in their NFL debut at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. Vinny Testicles, dude. Legend. I never called that guy by his name ever in his career. I called him Vinny Testicles maybe the whole time he was a football player in my mind. So, You're the reason I still do it. <laughs> Man, dude, I can't imagine being a Browns fan back then. That guy, that has to be so fucking heartbreaking. Just like, your team's gone. Bye. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to win two Super Bowls just uh, in, uh, up north. We're going to fucking just, and we're just going to beat you into the ground over and over again when you do come back. That's got to be nuts. But fuck them. Fuck the Ravens. Don't fuck Vinny Testicles, though. Shout out Vinny Testicles. You're, you're the man. Vinny be testing. In uh, 1997, Disney Channel converts from subscription television to a basic cable after 14, a basic cable <laughs> after 14 years. Um, it was too late for me, Disney. You should have done that when I was a kid and cared about your shit. I never, I, I think one time I watched Disney Channel, they made it free for a little bit when it was like a pay thing and it was like a weekend and I watched maybe like a, the Lion King or some shit, but it, yeah, we were too old. My wife goes on about like Disney shows and I'm like, I don't even, I know like the ones people made fun of, like the sweet life with Zach and Cody, but I'd never watched it. Yeah. You know, no, fuck no. We were adults by then. Yeah, I was uh, trying to trying figure out pussies. Exactly. Uh, you know who some blah, 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 blah. you know who probably didn't blow Gerald Ford at Disney World? Gerald Ford. These two jobs, man, are really fucking up my sleep schedule. Uh, yeah, man, I, I mean, know, maybe man. he did get blown at Disney World. I don't know. Gerald was around. Yeah, somebody blew him behind the teacups. Yeah. <laughs> Unmask yourself, mouth. Show your face, mouth. Mouth of mystery. What Disney glory hole did fucking Gerald Ford get blown at? Uh, but someone who was born in 1997, Zendaya, American actress and singer. Yeah. What you know about Zendaya? Zendaya. Uh, uh, love me, uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. I love her in Spider-Man. She's gorgeous. Then I watched that show, Euphoria, that's about, like, college kids fucking, and it, I'm too old. It made me uncomfortable to see, like, barely legal teens fucking on HBO, Steve. I'm old enough to be your son or your dad. <laughs> Damn, Steve. But I don't... What they... I don't know. Zendaya, it is what it is. There's no stars anymore, Steve. 
I mean, she's hot, but is she like going to be like a Marilyn Monroe, like a fucking Sharon Stone or something? That's a bad example, but you know, Susan uh, Sarandon. We got Julia Kim Kardashian. Roberts. There you go. No, she's above that. She ain't fucking on camera. She, she, she's Marilyn. She's Marilyn though. Kim Kardashian. She's like our modern Marilyn. She's always Man, in the tabloids mm. because of who she's fucking and shit. That's wild, and though. Minus- if she is that, like, the what Marilyn Monroe did and, like, see what you can see for uh, Kim Kardashian, like, how much they we've ramped up in those decades. Marilyn Monroe is just out fucking behind the scenes. Kim Kardashian's just poaching rich black dudes and just sucking their life out of them and throwing them to the side. And then there's Pete Davidson, which he got out scot-free, you know? All he had to do was uh, propose to her. But I got I, pr- I got a brand of your name on my chest. Oh my god! You I didn't know you had that in the woodwork, man. <laughs> I I don't even know what I'm doing, still. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. But I don't get it. I, like you said about Pete uh, Davidson, I don't understand. I almost called him Pete Holmes, and that's an insult to Pete Holmes. It totally is. Shout out to that show yeah. Crashing that was on HBO. That was a dope ass show. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Steve. Sorry. It's about Crash. It's called Crashing. Yeah, because Pete Davidson was like crashing on. He was broke. He was crashing on people's couches and shit. And it's just like about him working in stand up comedy. Not Pete Davidson. Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pete it's Davidson's on crashing Max. on fucking uh, yeah it should be on there it's it's done the show got cancelled but I think it had two seasons and man there are some hilarious episodes cause it's got a lot of just real stand up comedians and it's about his life so like some of the shit mm. actually happened to him and stuff but like Artie Lang's a big uh, character in it um, Nick, you know a bunch of New York comedians a lot of them are in that shit so you should check it out it's funny as fuck Artie Lang's a big character in everything. Yeah. Uh, in 1998, September 1st, Cousin Skeeter <laughs> premieres on Nickelodeon. A boy's cousin stays with his family. They get themselves into all sorts of funny situations, starring Rondell Sheridan, Angela Means, Megan Good, Robert Richard, and Bill Bellamy. Remember hmm. this? No. I mean, that puppet looks kind of familiar, but no. Oh. I was out of the Bill Bellamy game after... How to be a player, whatever that shit was. Hey, man, he wanted to make that Nickelodeon money. Go ahead and get that check, Bill. But on that same day in 98, The Wild Thornberries premiered on Nickelodeon. The life of an adventurous family from the point of view of an 11-year-old girl is gifted with uh, animal language. Um, I didn't know Tim Curry and Flea were a part of this voice cast. I think they made a movie out of this that I saw, but no, nah, this was another one. But this had a cool animation because I do remember the animation. It's kind of like uh, Real Monsters. Yeah. As far as the styling. Nickelodeon would get cool cameos a lot. I mean, I remember in Pete and Pete, like Iggy Pop was in that show and shit. Like they had, it's just like they would get cool fucking weird cameos every once in a while. I think Will Ferrell was involved in the, was it this? Possibly. Um, I know Betty White. She was involved with uh, the Wild Thornberries from time to time. Shout out Betty White. Rest in peace. 
Uh, that following year, 1999, Chill Factor premiered in theaters, a new biological chemical weapon that explodes up to temperatures over 50 degrees Fahrenheit and falls into the hands of two men who try to make sure that it doesn't get stolen by a terrorist. Who is this? Can I guess who this is starring, Steve? Because I think this is a movie I've described in the past. Skeet Ulrich and Cuba Gooding Jr. That is correct, sir. This this movie is one of those dumb 90s action movies that is not that bad. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to completely trash it. It's, I feel like, remember the chemical in the rock that like, it was like a ball of like green jelly that if it black, if it like opened up, it killed everybody. It was like something like that. So these guys are like, I think Skeet Ulrich is like a delivery guy. It's one of those things where one of them's like a pro, one of them's just like a civilian. They get caught up in some shit and it's just like a chase movie. But I'm probably selling this way too well, and it probably does suck ass because it involves Skeet Ulrich and Cuba Gooding Jr. So who knows? Yeah, what an unlikely pairing. Uh, but in 1999, Outside Providence premiered in theaters. After one too many run-ins with the law, a punk teenager from a working class background is sent to prep school by his frustrated dad and learns a thing or two, starring Alec Baldwin. <laughs> and learns and learns a thing or two. A thing or two. I'm going to tell you, Sonny. Damn. Starring Alec Baldwin. Because I the didn't... other people were unnameable. <laughs> I mean, that used to be a fucking thing, Steve. Now, what is... Is Alec Baldwin done, you think? You think he's coming um, back after this? I, I think he's been put on ice. Uh, I'm sure he's got the right PR people around him. Uh, you know, he's he's put in work for years, man. I mean, he obviously made a mistake. It sucks. Um, I, I don't think we've seen the end of Alec Baldwin, man. What I hope is that, uh, I'm assuming this is all because, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. He was just involved in a tragedy. But my thing is, like, maybe we're going to get, like, three years away from now maybe even less than that and like a tarantino or somebody's gonna pull him into a movie like somebody cool is gonna exactly. pull him in you know what i mean and get him back in the good graces so it the might right be role. like a travolta thing where he didn't even have any like static he just had lost his shit you know so and tarantino yeah. brought him back maybe alec baldwin will get some of that treatment that'd be cool tarantino is one of those people who's got the touch I want, how many movies do you think Tarantino has left in him? You think he's going to keep making movies until he's dead, or is he about to be done? I hope he's on some Scorsese shit. I would hope he, he would do that. it out. Yeah, like, they might not be as often as his heyday, but, like, as he gets older, they're, they're strategically planned out, you know, five, six years apart from each other, and they're all just bangers. You don't get worse at that job. I mean, it's not like he has to lift no. shit or anything. Like, you're going to get better at that. And, like, I'm, I'm I'm with you, dude. I think I've heard, like, maybe he's even said it in shit. Like, he only has a couple of movies left in him. But, Bullshit. yeah, I think that's more just him saying that shit, you know? The possibilities are endless, especially with him. He, he like, incorporates all of his inspirations <laughs> in the films, man. And, um, like, I feel like there's so much more he can do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I would like to see him do a mainstream movie where they give him like a property and they like do because he was tagged to do maybe a Star Trek. And I don't like Star Trek at all. But if Tarantino directs a Star Trek movie, you best believe I'm going to go see that shit. Just out of morbid curiosity, if nothing else, like maybe it's a piece of shit, but 
Tarantino dialogue is going to make basically anything good. It's going to make head good. You know, you could have a movie like that and it would still be fire. So I think he, if he's only going to do a couple, I want to see a Kill Bill 3. I want to see a continuation of that. You see a sign on my, on my spaceship that says dead Klingon storage? No. <laughs> I buy the good shit because I'm the one that likes I got good taste. Yeah, I know my shit's good. <laughs> also in 99, ex-Pittsburgh Penguin star Mario Lemieux is approved as new owner of the struggling franchise. Penguins become the first club in pro sports history to be owned by a former member of the team. Uh, you know, neither of us really fuck with hockey like that, but Mario Lemieux, I, I got to give him his propers, man. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but about like halfway in his career, man, he retired uh, because he had a cancer scare. Yep. Motherfucker came back and crushed shit. Still didn't skip a beat. Um, so just off that alone. I'm, I mean, I'm from the Pittsburgh area, so that name is just a legendary name anyway. I never liked hockey, but I knew him and I liked him. And uh, as a cancer survivor now, I like him even more because of that. That's insane that he was able to do that. And to add even to that, to give even more propers, the guy bought the team he played for. And it's not some rinky-dink shit team. It's the Pittsburgh fucking Penguins, which is one of the yeah. more legendary hockey franchise, at least it was. So that uh, American, yeah. Uh, to me, honestly, dude, like that's I didn't know that. And I remember reading this from on the list, and I was like, "Damn, dude, what a straight up fucking beast of a human being to be able to do all that." And I mean, he made hockey fucking famous in a little in his way, you know. Like it's hard to be a famous hockey player, and he was no Wayne Gretzky, but he's right up there. He's right behind that. He's he, he was kind of like a Charles Barkley or uh, or John Elway of, of hockey to me. Yeah, Dan Marino even like one of the these, they're yeah. legends, but it's just like you know it's you're not you're not at that top Mount Everest level. But this puts him. Wayne, does Wayne Gretzky on a fucking hockey team? No. So there you go, there you go, Wayne. You're on notice. You just got fucking Lemieux, bitch. You just made the list. Ooh la la. Any callbacks, honorable mentions, reach arounds, my friend? I do have one. I saw something super cool, Steve, that only cemented Bill Murray's legacy in my mind even more than it already has been. And uh, it was an interview with Peter Farrelly, who directed, he's one half of the Farrelly brothers, and they directed the 1996 movie Kingpin with uh, yeah. Woody Harrelson um, and Bill, Bill Murray. Um, but and Randy Quaid because Randy Quaid plays a huge role in this but in that movie Bill Murray plays like this legendary he becomes a legendary bowler he's famous and Woody Harrelson's yeah. trying to like get to there but at the end of the movie there's a scene that's filmed they're in like a, a bowling tournament and it's got a huge audience Bill Murray's got a crazy wig he's got a you know they're bowling in this huge tournament so in this movie first of all they didn't know Bill Murray was going to be in this movie, Steve. Randy Quaid was involved. And while they were in the process of getting started, and I think even in the beginning stages of filming, they hadn't gotten anybody to play Bill Murray's character. And Randy Quaid's like, hey, I think I can get him in this movie. And the, Par the Farrelly brothers were like, holy fuck, oh yeah, let's do this. But the thing of Bill Murray is, which is so cool, and I already knew this, 
he doesn't have a manager and he doesn't have an agent. He has an 800 He's number. Still he has an 800 number that you called. You could be Steven Spielberg or me and call this number. You leave him a message and maybe he's going to get back to you. You don't know. You have no way of knowing. So um, they left a message and then he got in touch with Randy Quaid. And Randy Quaid's like, dude, Bill's going to, he's in. So mm. they were like, okay. But until the day Bill Murray showed up for to film his first scene, uh, other than some loose communication, they were like, we didn't even know if he was going to show up. Like there was, we had no guarantee on the day we were going to film his first scene. We were like, is he going to show? And miraculously he did. They make this movie, but at the end, so moving forward, there's a scene where Bill Murray at the end of this movie has to hit three strikes to win this tournament. That's hard. I'm not good at bowling. And the Farrelly brothers were like, we walked up to Bill and we were like, look, Bill, we got a thousand extras in these stands. And we want you to, do you think you can hit three strikes in a row? Because we want to film you do this without cutting. We're filming you do this all in one shot. And Bill Murray's fucking ass hit three on camera. They hit roll. He hit one strike. There's a huge reaction. He hit another strike right after that. And the crowd knows. They're like, we're not cutting. So that you, like, don't fuck this up. Bill's going to try to do this. And he hit that third strike. And when you watch the movie, like, the crowd's like, ah, they stand up. And Bill Murray even looks, like, shocked. And Peter Farrelly's like, the reaction you see is literally Bill Murray shocked to that he just hit a fucking turkey. He hit three strikes in a row on camera to, like, do this thing and i was like damn dude bill murray is just a fucking g dude not only he and all that being said they were like we gave him a script when he showed up and he was like yep yep and he's like he never touched the script ever again we were like and what are you gonna say you know it's so like none of his dialogue was in the script wow maybe there was like a backbone like he had to know where he was going but he didn't use any of the fucking words that they wrote I wonder who the placeholder was going to be. Like, let's say he didn't show up. Like, did they have somebody on standby? I don't, they didn't mention that, but they were like, he, he's like Samuel L. Jackson too. Like he came in, he's like, I want my guy to have like crazy, like balding hair and shit. Like, and that's like a huge part of his look in this or like the, when he's young in the movie, he has like an Afro and all of that was just like Bill Murray coming in and just, he's like, all this is covered. I came with my wardrobe. I want this. And I just thought it was so fucking cool, dude, to know that not only all like just the him being cool and not having a manager, but he's he was like entertaining a crowd and filming, acting, and he he bowled a fucking three strikes in a row too. Just on top of that, it's so fucking cool. Bill Murray, you are the man. <laughs> fucking Ghostbusters, Caddyshack. Fucking Groundhog Day. Coffee and cigarettes, coffee and cigarettes. You hanging, yeah, you hanging out with fucking Rizza and Jizza and shit. That's some dope shit, bro. Um, my only callback is uh, 94 Martin Returns, man. We get to talk about Martin again. Uh, that same day, uh, Living Single aired that episode. Uh, Martin, they also started their season off with a cliffhanger. Uh, he was down and out on his luck. He got fired from his radio show, and uh, he's trying to find his way. And... Along the way, he joins a cult and he redubs himself Shaquille Sunflower. 
and uh, this episode isn't my best. Uh, that's why we didn't really want to cover it. Um, but in this season, there are some gems, and we're definitely going to touch on that later, man. Yeah, I just and remember the people. the crazy cult leader chick taking a robe off and wanting to fuck. That's really what I remember from that. All whilst being gross. And our people of social media this week, Brandon Woodard, he, uh, he got to sharing on our Facebook. And uh, thank you, people who have been liking and sharing uh, our Facebook posts. And now we're seeing some action in the comment section. I, I like that. Me too. It, it gets me and Matt hard both simultaneously. Um, I'm chubbing up just Williams. thinking about it, Steve. Boing. Uh, Quentin Williams, uh, Ivor, I- Ivor Warren, uh, Mr. Digital Comics, and our guy, Hector Aponte III. This dude, dude. He's the real one, Steve. Give him a message. Once, twice, three times a Hector. I swear, man, if you guys were here right now, I'd make you the best struggle sandwich you could ever taste. You wouldn't even notice the boogers. I mean, a nice sugar sandwich never hurt anybody, Steve, so... Struggle sandwich. Oh, I thought you said sugar sandwich. That was, well, that's, it's got boogers in it. Well, mine's fat. My, that's a fat food for somebody that's just struggling, you know? A piece of wheat bread, a couple of packets of Equal that you stole from the gas station. Mmm. It's like a cinnamon roll fucking in the gutter. That sounds like some uh, prison... <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm telling you, dude. When you're fat, you gotta just have whatever carbs you can get. I used to fucking... I had this ridiculous memory. I used to, as a little kid, just sneak into where the bread was and just eat dry wheat bread slices. I would ball them up into a little, like, compact ball and just shove it into my mouth. I don't... I'd like, I don't know why other than I was fat, but... There's my fiber for the day. Yeah, dude. Throw a little equal on that. A little fucking... Maybe a little maple syrup. Or, you know, whatever you gotta do, man. Shout out I'm to all those little fat kids out there. It's, enjoy that shit. Yeah, Jack Lane, watch your back. <laughs> <laughs> Please like, share, subscribe, and comment. Ask your sister if she thinks we're cute. Mm-hmm. Please check out Over the Culture on Sunday, Crushgasm with Wednesdays, uh, with Wednesday, Crushgasm with Kendra on Wednesday, B3F Podcast, and Don't Worry, Be Movie with Amanda and Wade. This is Steve G and Maggie with Happen in the 90. Sock it to me? <laughs>